welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. My name is Amy McDonald. I'm a yoga teacher and yoga business coach. I am so glad you're here. Enjoy 45 minutes of training for you and your yoga business. Hey everyone, it's Amy McDonald here. Welcome to the Abundant Yoga Teacher Podcast. Super duper duper excited to be speaking with all of you today. Hey Sam's here. Sam, I'm going to see you so soon. Like at the end of this week, Wednesday, we'll be in Thailand together. Yay! Awesome. Who else is here? If you're here on the uh, webcast, folks, on the broadcast, uh, Susan's here. Yay! Susan is in Boston for a 50-hour YTT and visiting with her parents. I remember we talked about that trip, Susan. I can't remember what the training is, though, that you're doing, the YTT. What, I know it's a spe- specific thing. Is it Yoga Nidra? What are you doing there in Boston? Um, Sam says, morning, yay, very excited. Oh, the cats will miss you, Sam. Who else? Dolores is here. Hello, gorgeous. How are you? Wow. Who else is here? If you're on the webcast, say hi. It's like a party. Love it. Love the podcast when you all show up. Say hey. Super fun. So today we're talking about owning the changes in your yoga business. I felt called to propose this as a topic because um, a couple of reasons. Uh, <laughs> I've just come off the back of teaching a seven-week block to um, to to my students, and I'll talk a little bit about that and and some of the some of the reflections that I've had since since teaching those classes today. That's that's some of the reason that I've felt uh, inspired to share on this particular topic, but primarily it's because we've been having this conversation in uh, in the Growing Your Yoga Biz group. Um, the, the women in that group are starting to make great changes in their business, Dolores included, and uh, and and there's some hesitancy there about how to do that, about uh, feeling comfortable and confident in making changes. And so I thought, well, it is about time that we had a conversation on this topic. Now, uh, I also feel called to, for today that we have a bunch of time towards the end for any of your yoga business coaching questions. So if you would like my support during the call today, fabulous. Get your questions ready and I'll make sure that we have time towards the end where you can receive some coaching and advice and yoga business mentoring from me. Um, definitely we'll have time for that on the, on this call. So get your questions ready. All right. So let's jump into the topic. I am... Um, I have got to the point in my yoga business where I'm quite particular. And uh, we were talking about this uh, yesterday um, in the Keep Growing Mastermind. I am so particular about some things in my yoga business. Like I, here's one thing where I am completely particular. I will make my students line their mats up uh, again and again and again until I feel that I can sit in the room and everything feels okay. So I'm an empath. I'm a highly sensitive person, particularly when it comes to aesthetics. My cleaner has been at my house and the lamp is turned five degrees the wrong way. I can't sit still. Like, that's just real for me. Um, you know, we, you get to this point in life, you understand yourself on a deeper level. I'm not making myself wrong anymore. I simply know that if things are out of whack aesthetically, I'm not okay. So this, this carries through to my yoga class where I know that the yoga mats from my students, they need to be lined up. And I'm talking 
within a centimetre of lining themselves up. If there was a line on the floor in the studio where I was teaching, in fact, when I've taught in rooms that have floorboards and the floorboards run the right way, I will tell people, line your the short end of your mat up with this floorboard. These days, I just tell my students, Simone's mat, line your the short end of your mat up with Simone's mat, you know, and people will get them even. That's important to me. My students couldn't care less. Like, it doesn't matter to them. They're just there for yoga and they want to get going and it doesn't bother them. It bothers me. And for the first sort of, I don't know, maybe year or so that I was teaching, I didn't address that. I, I let people come in. I let people put their mats down wherever they wanted to. And it unsettled me, but I didn't understand what it meant to, to have this particular need. I'm not saying that this is a conversation only for highly sensitive people. What I am saying is whatever your version of it is, translate so I didn't I, I thought it was just me being picky or me being needy and I made myself wrong about it then I decided no no, no um, I think I was at a workshop with John Friend and they had masking tape down like grids of, of, of tape on the carpet so that people would put their mats in exactly where John wanted them and um, and 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 so that made me realize, oh, it's not just me. It's not just me being a weirdo. This is actually a thing. And other people appreciate, hey, Susan, other people appreciate where their mats go in space as well, particularly someone that I actually look up to. I'm going to stop making myself wrong here and I'm going to ask for what I want. So the next couple of years, it became a thing. I would ask for what I want and my students would tease me about it. Oh, she's so fussy. Oh, gee, talk about being anally retentive. Oh, wow, we can't start until Amy's got everything perfect. All of this drama. And I really, it freaked me out. Maybe they're right. Maybe I am being unnecessarily fussy. Maybe I just need to relax. Isn't that what yoga is all about anyway? Why am I so goddamn uptight? And so I would kind of laugh it off. And if someone wanted to be particularly um, objectionable about my request I would let them get away with it I wouldn't reinforce what was important to me and it took and, and then again um, it was being with my teacher uh, our, during a 300 hour teacher training and I was talking to him about another issue about how my students were would mutiny how my students would just tell me no if they didn't want to do something they'd just cross their arms sit down and go yeah no we're not doing that we don't want to no and he gave me this face. I'll never forget it. He didn't actually answer me with words. He just gave me this face, which was like, I mean, it, it, there was about six paragraphs in that one face. But essentially, the, the, the premise of the six paragraphs was, what the hell are you doing, Amy? It's your class. Why are you buying what your students are selling? You know, I was totally beholden to what my students wanted rather than being the teacher and holding my own space. So when I got back from that training, that was it. I was done with apologizing. I was done with making myself wrong. And I was absolutely done with buying their drama, their name calling, their teasing about me and what I needed to feel okay in my class. But, you know, this was a four-year journey. So I thought, you know what, this is something that is coming up in, uh, for some of the people in the uh, Growing Your Yoga Business program, I wonder if this is something that is coming up for 
more people than that, let's talk about it. So <clears throat> here's the thing. As yoga teachers, this is a basic premise. As yoga teachers, people are paying us to tell them what to do. That is the dynamic. They could stay home and practice with Jason Crandell on TV, on the computer. They could stay home and play their old Rodney Yee DVDs if they wanted to. They're coming to you because they want to be in the room with someone who is going to tell them what to do and when to do it. And that is not just step your feet wide, take your arms parallel to the floor, turn your right foot out, turn your left foot in slightly, reach to the right, put your right hand on your shin, take your left arm up, look at your left thumb. Like it's not just getting people into trikonasana, it's the whole deal, the whole Box and dice, as we say in Australia. Does it say that in the States, Susan's? Do you say box and dice in, in the States? Say it in the UK, Dolores, probably. Anyway, my point is you are in an environment where people are looking to you for instructions. It's your job to tell people what to do. And here's something else that I really believe about yoga, about modern postural yoga, particularly if you have an interest in reclaiming Modern postural yoga from Instagram gold bikini pretzels. And from the people whose names I can see here joining me today, <laughs> you're in my camp on that one. Yes, we love you. Everybody can do gold bikini beach pretzel Instagram yoga. It is a beautiful thing. Seriously, I'm not being facetious here. It actually is seriously beautiful. And And my body and my appetite for depilatory products means that it will never happen for me in my life. I'm okay with that. My yoga looks different to that. My yoga looks like, actually, Peter, can you try and tone your beer belly a little bit in Virabhadrasana 2? Just help a sister out and pull that in slightly. You know, like, I tell him to tone his abs, but he doesn't really have abs. You know, they're my people, and I love them for it, and I love the way the yoga that I teach and the people that I get to share yoga with. My interest is in absolutely reclaiming what yoga is for my people. They're not gold bikini beach yoga people either. And a big part of what that is, is actually teaching people about boundaries. Boundaries. Think about it. If you have a yoga lineage that comes from any sort of tantric tradition that, that celebrates and recognizes complementary forces, you know, if you like to read the Vinyata Bhattava, if you're if you'd like to teach out of the Radiant Sutras, if you'd like to get your Shiva and your Shakti on, um, even if you like a bit of Purusha and Prakriti, you classicists, you can come on in, all right. My point is if you if, if yoga for you has any of the fundamental teachings of binary or polar opposites, spanda, um Ida and Pingala. Uh, if you do, if you're a yin person, if you're a yin yang person, or yang, as you people say in America, yin and yang. If you're a yin yang person, uh, if you if you teach anything that is about, uh, you know, inhalation, exhalation, you know, nadi shodana, any of it, um, the, then you've got to understand that in teaching that premise, it's this or it's that. You are taking a stand for healthy, beautiful boundaries. 
you're in or you're out, you're on time or you're late, your phone is on or it's off, it's, it, you pay the concession or you pay the full rate, you, you, you signed the, the, you ticked the box for the terms and conditions or you didn't. Um, this is, this is the, these are fundamental teachings of yoga. Is it in or is it out? Huge, like yoked, connected to something. That's what it's about. Yoga is about union. Yes, okay, sort of in the watered down kind of sense of it, but ultimately it's about connect yourself to this thing and, and walk around with it. Like to yoke something, to put the, to put the chariot on the horse, you know? To put the plow on the cow. This is what we're talking about. To connect to something and make a commitment. That looks like healthy boundaries. That looks like you taking a stand for modeling that behavior to your students. That's the primary teaching of yoga. That's what I believe. But, you know, you have your own podcast. You can get on your own soapbox. So what? So this. If you're being wishy-washy about the changes that you're making in your business, you're not showing up as a yogi. Whoa, that's a big statement. I know. But I'm going to stick with it. Because being flaky is not being a yogi. It's just not. I've been interviewing recently. We're launching a, uh, a new business of yoga speaker series. Be on the lookout for it across social media. There's a link actually in my Instagram if you want to go sign up for it, if you're not signed up already, we've got 14 amazing speakers coming at you from across the world talking all things about business of yoga. Uh, find me on Insta, Amy Yoga Biz Coach, sign up there. Um, I was speaking to one of them, big, very, like, famous yoga celebrity based in Los Angeles. Uh, like, big yoga celebrity. Big you know, on the big, teaching on the big platforms, kind of got a, like an international yoga not-for-profit, like big. And we were joking about this thing about flakiness in the yoga industry. I mean, and I, I didn't know that flaky was such a thing until, <laughs> can I do a story? Is that all right? So I went to, um, I went to, what's it called? Oh, how embarrassing. There is a, uh, I've forgotten the name of the neighborhood. But there is a part of Los Angeles. It's very hipster. My teacher just moved there like last year. Anyway, they have the longest running yoga studio in America is in that particular embarrassing, can't remember the name of it. Type it in if you, if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's, well, it's a yoga works now. It wasn't always a yoga works. It is a yoga works now, but it has never stopped being a yoga studio, the longest running yoga studio in uh in in la and when i was there a few years ago i was like getting my yoga nerd on i believe that los angeles is my spiritual home and uh, so i thought well shiz where am i going to go practice I've, there's a few places i really want to go vedanta society i'm going to wonderlust that's where my teacher is you know i'm going to go hang out with govindas because why wouldn't you right uh and some other places and what else am i going to do oh i'm going to go take some classes at the old longest running yoga studio in Los Angeles, because that's seriously cool. Started, I felt like open in the early 60s. So I get there and I, like, whatever, I'm there with my friend and whatever can we get to because we just eat a lot of lunch. We'll just take the next class we can. Thank you, Cafe Gratitude. Love you. And, um, and it happened to be this particular guy. And, he, and it, so we thought, oh, shit, well, it wasn't, you know, level two vinyasa wasn't quite what I had in mind. But, hey, it's what we got. Let's go. So it turns out this guy, he's amazing. Hi, Joe. Love you. Amazing teacher, like seriously amazing teacher. And uh, we had such a great time that at the end of the class, my friend and I were like, oh, my God, you were amazing. That was so great, blah, 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 blah. 
totally fanning all over him. And he says, hey, we should have dinner. And we're like, yeah, we should have dinner. And so my friend and I, and my friend and he were Facebook messaging about finding a time. And he says, what about Tuesday? And we're like, yes, Tuesday. So Tuesday rocks around and um, <laughs> we message him like, where are we going to meet for dinner? And he messages back and says, oh, you like, really? You like actually want to do dinner? And we're like, well, it's Tuesday, isn't it? And he said, oh, yeah, but like people in Los Angeles, they don't, they don't like, you know, actually do what they say they're going to do. And we're like, oh, <laughs> faux pas. Like here's the the chick from Melbourne and the and the dude from Edinburgh suddenly going, oh, that's embarrassing. We're like, play it cool. We we just thought that dinner on Tuesday meant dinner on Tuesday, you know. And he's like, no, that's awesome. You guys are so cool. Yes, dinner tonight. Here's the like, anyway, whatever. I didn't understand that the degree to which flakiness is I'm a Leo. I'm born in the year of a snake. Anytime I've ever done a dosha quiz in my life, it is like, you are fucking pitter and there's nothing else happening. Like, I, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So I didn't know that in, the, in yoga land, being flaky is a real thing. I was talking to this particular yoga, like yoga celebrity the other day for the Business of Yoga Speaker Series, and she was saying how it's a real, it's a real issue if, in LA for studios for like scheduling because yoga teachers ring up and say, you know, I'm just not like feeling like it today. I just need a self-care day. Like, you know, Mercury's in retrograde and there's two eclipses and I'm just not, it's just not, it's just not feeling like aligned. I've got a grunty in my uh, Pingalanati. And, and if you're the studio manager, you have to kind of go, okay, because otherwise it would be a yogic to say, that's a pack of bullshit. Get here. Your class starts in half an hour. But my interest today is reclaiming that. There is nothing. If you look at all of those sadhus, like go watch one of those old YouTube videos about all the sadhus and the tapatia that they do. No one's sitting there going, you know what? I know I've been standing here with my arm in the air for the past 16 years to show my dedication to God. But today, I just need an Epsom salts bath with some like rose petals. I, 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 I'm just not feeling it. Now, don't send me hate mail. I'm not saying that you should abandon what your body genuinely needs. I am ab- You guys know me. I'm not saying you should blow out your adrenals for the sake of your yoga business. I'm not, like, there is no hero stuff in, I'm actually, my appendix is ruptured, but I'm going to show up and teach a class because I'm a dedicated yogi. That's BS. But the flip of it is, like just this uh, the flakiness in yoga land, which is also it's the flip of um you know it's 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 also an equally a misalignment that you get to own how you show up in your yoga business, you get to model great behavior, you get to request amazing boundaries and adherence to those boundaries from your students, even when it feels uncomfortable. I really believe it is part of what having a yoga business means these days because it's too easy for um it's too easy for us to get caught up in what is a misalignment in either direction i've got a student actually he didn't i love this this is so australian sam you'll get this i've got this yoga student he's got like back stuff he's got the tightest hamstrings he even though i 
lovingly invite him to experiment with ujjayi pranayama during his practice he will grunt and groan and push himself and you know you see the veins and the tendons in his neck but we've been practicing together for four years and even every time it's like would you like could we bring some more ease into your practice he is just tendon dominant fully masculine encoded gonna push himself to the end (laughs) and yesterday he didn't come to class because he had the flu man flu you know (laughs) so interesting i'm gonna kill myself for yoga (laughs) got the man flu do people have man do you have man flu in america really nasty i shouldn't say mentally but it is a bit of a thing okay so so my point is you know he's way 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 overdoing it and then i've got another student who is so committed to her injury she is so identified with her injury it is such a massive part of her story oh i'm the girl that's got the wrists you know that that she will take herself out of the game and won't try a modification and will just find herself in viparita karani like for 45 minutes of a 90-minute class uh, because she thinks, I've got these wrists. And these are, two, these are, the, these are, the, these are the pendulum swing extremes of a, a woman who came to my class last night, a friend of mine. She's come to all the classes I've been teaching recently. She had a sore back. She's had some trauma in her life, big trauma in the past week. She was knackered. And she did a whole lot of child's pose last night. And and she and she did take um, shavasana early, and she was and she was owning that, and it was absolutely appropriate because she was wiped, and she didn't want to be at home because she didn't want to be alone with her trauma, but she wasn't up for doing the yoga class I had planned, like it wasn't a big class. There was three rounds of trikonasana and some vashistasana in there, but that was about as big as we got. But it was too much for her. But it was appropriate for her to be there. And as her teacher, it was appropriate for me to say, you know what, Kate, I want you to be in child's pose right now and don't take any of the Vashisthasana sequence. You just do Viparita Karani. That was appropriate. So it's not about maxing yourself out. It's not about self-abandoning in either direction, but it's about deciding what is it that you need in your business, whether it is about pricing, whether it is about class etiquette, whether it is about negotiating um, the energy exchange where you teach. I had a, I taught a, uh, I, I hosted a, an amazing yoga teacher yesterday for a 90-minute intensive. Got some 90-minute intensives open at the moment, folks, if you want one. Um, and she, we were talking about the changes that she wanted to make to her yoga business. And she was really nervous about it. But she knew that it was no longer appropriate. She's teaching 10 classes, sorry, she's teaching five classes a week. She's been teaching them for the past 10 years. And this woman, she's essentially, she's a yoga therapist. Uh, she specializes in that space. And she's a yoga therapist, particularly for people who have chronic pain or chronic illness. That's her area of genius. That's where she's been focusing her study for the past years. That's what lights her up. And she was explaining to me that, as much as she loves teaching her classes, the yoga studio where she teaches has recently relocated um, and she's in a, a tourist town and it's relocated more into the center of town, which means she has uh, the people that she used to love to teach. They don't like to come anymore because it's hard to get parking and, um, you know, it doesn't have the same community feel at the studio. And the students who are coming tend to be tourists. And for her, being a yoga therapist who likes to specialize with people with chronic pain, chronic injuries, she doesn't have, she's got a much higher turnover of studentship. And actually, when she's honest with herself, 
She doesn't want to teach those classes anymore. She just doesn't want to. And so what would that look like? We spent a part of her intensive yesterday saying, what would that look like then if you didn't teach the classes? Now, she's also the part-time studio manager there, and she also gets health insurance as part of being the studio manager there. And so she was telling me that, well, if she stops teaching the classes and stops being the studio manager, she'll have to buy her own health insurance. And where she lives in the world, that's really expensive and kind of scary, particularly with her health situation. So we mapped out what would it be, what would be the right combination of factors that would give her what she actually wanted. And that looked like two hours a day studio management and two classes a week, teaching the classes that she likes to teach, that fit in with her schedule and where she is more likely to meet people that she could then offer her one-to-one yoga therapy package to. And retaining her health insurance and retaining the same salary she's been receiving for the past 10 years. So that feels good to her. That is the proposal she's going to put to the studio owner. She's been there for 10 years. She is fundamental to the running of that business. It is highly likely that the studio owner will say, okay, let's do it. Let's change it. We want to keep you. We value what you do here. If that's what you need, the answer is yes. But if we don't own it, if we don't figure out clearly what it is that we want and then ask for it, we're not going to get it. And here's the thing that happens when you don't have what you want. I'm not talking about a tantrum or anything, but but if you, you know, if, if, if you look at, if you've done any work on people pleasing or codependency, people who have that tendency um, and, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser. I'm, I'm all right to admit it. I am perfect. Um, when that slips, when we don't get what we want, when we don't ask for what we want, that looks like resentment. And that's, that's, a, that's a gnarly energy. Resentment is a really snarky, gnarly energy to be walking around with. It's corrosive. If you are saying yes when you mean to say no, or if you are saying no when you want to actually say yes, if you are settling for less money than you know you mean you you desire, if you are shortening your classes or or teaching longer than you know you're meant for, if you are uh, changing your class plan because someone in class says I don't want to do inversions tonight, and you freak out and give them what they want. Um, if, if you are people pleasing there, it shows up as resentment and that builds up in the body. It's not good for you. That can show up psychosomatically. But if you, if you take a stand and you own the changes in your yoga business, <laughs> then that's where the beauty lies. That's where you're modeling, I believe, what yoga actually is. So today, really, I don't have any tips for you. I haven't got a post-it note of wisdom. I just wanted to like rant and say, you want to model yoga, you want to show what huge, the, the root the root sound of the word yoga actually means to yoke, right? To connect yourself to something that's kind of heavy that you're going to have to pull around, right? Or to put your cart onto the beast. Own the changes you want to make in your yoga business. Get clear on what they are and then take a stand for them. And and if someone says, meh, 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 either give them permission to modify, whether that's, okay, I'll teach 75 minutes instead of 90, or okay, I'll take 
60 bucks instead of 70 an hour. Or, okay, you can do legs at the wall pose instead of chili vasana, what do you call it, firefly or whatever. Um, or hold your ground. I can teach two classes a week and I'll do two hours a day of studio management and I want to retain my health insurance and I would like to retain my salary. What are the changes that you want to make? Where are you bailing out? Where are, the, where are you flaking out and saying, oh, okay, they can have their mats wherever they want and I'll just sit here and feel twitchy for the next 90 minutes because I don't want to look like the anally retentive yoga teacher who gets out the spirit level. This is what my students say to me. Oh, have you got your spirit level, Amy? Uh, to, to line up the mats. What is it that's important for you? Here's another one. When I first started teaching, when I was at that point in my yoga business where I would take any teaching gig I could get my hands on one of those teaching gigs looked like teaching a whole bunch of women who managed the curves gym, the ladies gym in my town. On their lunch break, they'd shut the doors, pull down the blinds, and I would teach them yoga in the circle of the gym machines. And they were insistent on having like the Buddha bar. That's how old I am. The Buddha bar. Do I still exist, Buddha bar? The Buddha bar kind of chill album. And God help me. It started with the track that had the wolves. And then it had the track that had the waterfall. And then it had the track that had like the cicadas and the crickets. I mean, there was a time when I was like 15 and I discovered Enya that I thought that music was kind of interesting. Remember Deep Forest? Anyone else who was like Gen X? I had those cassettes. Oh, my God. There are people listening to this podcast who don't even know what a fucking cassette is. Anyway, own it. I'm 41. Live this shit. Uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, uh, there was a time in my life, I was 15, when I thought that Deep Forest and Enya and Crickets and Wolves were a good thing to listen to. That time stopped when I was like 15 and a half. But I would teach to this god-awful music because that's what my students wanted. That's what they thought yoga was. And I did it. But way back at the beginning, there is no way in hell you are getting me to teach anything. Don't worry, Sam. There will be no Buddha bar in Thailand. I promise you. No, Enya, like, no, it's not happening. But, but I did it because I bought what my students were selling me. I thought, well, I better do it because they won't come back unless I play this god-awful wolf panpipes. Oh, my God. What are the five things that Amy hates the most in life? Number one is panpipe. I'm sorry anybody who has panpipes in their cultural history. I don't hate it. I have bad guys. <laughs> That's another thing. Anyway. Here's my point. You've got to own the changes in your yoga business. It is showing your students good things. If you've got flaky people, um, Dolores writes in, this is hilarious. I had a conversation like this this morning, a teacher cancelling her class because she wasn't feeling it. Right? Like, what the F? Look back through yoga. Look at all those sadhus. Like, if you're a serious yogi in India, you're wearing like rags and walking around with a pot of empty pot, hoping someone's going to put some food in it. There ain't no one saying, you know what? I'm not feeling like it today. Oh, these dreadlocks, I'm not feeling it. I'm going to go like get myself some VO5. No one's doing that. They're in it for the long haul. If you're wrapping your penis around a stick for God, like there's no day where you just think, you know what? Today, not so much. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like seriously, there is a tradition. If, if, if that threw you, just want to... <laughs> This is a this is a sidebar. If that's through you, go watch some YouTubes about like the yogis of India. I'm yeah, I'm just saying, like you know. Anyway, like if you're in a gory, let's talk about that. I'm sitting in a cremation ground. I'm 
sitting on a corpse. I am eating out of a skull. I'm not saying we all need to be the left-hand path of Tantra, but my point is, this is a misconception that flakiness is somehow yogic. There is nothing in the body of, in the 2000 years of body of work that is behind the tradition that we now call yoga that says, hey, Dolores, I know I've got like a class on today, but uh, I'm just not feeling it. You gotta own this. You gotta like take a stand for boundaries. Take a stand for tapasya. It's not just what your prayers on the sticky mat. It's how you show up in life. If you say you're gonna do something, be good for your word. That's being a yoga. That's being a yogi. If you are gonna make a change, hold firm on your boundaries. That's being a yogi. Not being an asshole. Not being rigid. Not having too much effort and not enough ease. Like we love you, Patanjali. I don't, but most of us we love Patanjali. Yes, Sukhasthiramasana. Yes, yes. But but it's about maintenance. It's about recognizing that you have to take a stand for something. Tadasana, you know, samastitihi. You've got to be somewhere, not just blowing all over everywhere. Look at like look at the bundas. What is that about? That's about retaining energy. That's about containment. And if you are like wishy-washy on your boundaries, where if you if you aren't owning the changes that you're making. Oh, this is intense, but Amy's going to say it. You're not being a yogi. You're not modeling great behavior, but great behavior to your students, which is part of what they're showing up for. All right. I'm going to leave it there. If you have questions or some coaching, if I can support you in your yoga business today, um, type your questions in. I'd love to hear from you folks. I think I've, I think I've belabored the point enough. Sam says, I'd forgotten about Deep Forest, right, Sam? I've got it in my head now, like that opening track. And then remember there was like the the, ch- the monk chanting, the Gregorian monk kind of? Anyway, I'm going to see if I think I still have that cassette somewhere stuffed in a car. I've got nothing to play a cassette on. What am I talking about? But, yeah, you know it. I'm going to post something in the Facebook group, <laughs> YouTube video of Deep Forest. Dolores says, it makes me think about being clear about my expectations of my studios as a studio owner. Yes, Dolores, totally. Do you know how many teachers I speak with, studio owners, who say, oh, I don't really have contracts with my teachers? One, that's probably illegal. (laughs) Just saying. We had a lawyer come talk to the Keep Growing Mastermind the other day about employment status, like interesting stuff. Uh, but anyway, two, no, be a yogi. Like, what do you expect them to do? Things and things down to... Pack up the props at the end, sweep out the studio, check that there's enough toilet paper, blow out the, what do you call it, Palo Santo, whatever you call it. Um, uh, take two photographs of students and save them in our shared Dropbox folder so that my virtual assistant can upload them to our Instagram account. Make sure you promote the workshops that are listed on the piece of paper that will be tucked under the teacher mat at the front of class. Yes, totally. What are your expectations of your team? And and make it explicit. Um, Susan says, you are cracking me up today. Man flu, we have man bags. We don't have man bags, Susan, because we're too manlish in Australia. Like man bags aren't man enough for Australians. If you're Italian, oh, we'll just pretend that's not happening and kind of be jealous about how stylish you are. But no, there's no man bags in Australia. But there is man flu. And what that means actually is um, it's really bad, Sam, don't you think? Poor men. Uh, that that men are, are a bit weak when it comes to getting sick <laughs> and they have to stay inside and 
they don't handle it. Whereas women are like, cough, we can cough through anything. It's really, it's, it's culturally bad. Um, <laughs> loving all of these comments, folks. Thank you. Um, all right, so let's see. Who has some uh, yoga business coaching that they would like today? I didn't tell you how to do it. You can type it into the Q&A box. Or you can, if you're on the web call, you can press the raise hand button. Or if you're on the phone, like Susan in San Francisco, Susan, you've got some seriously good yoga in your town. Who do you, where do you practice, Susan? Man, there are some great yogis in San Francisco and surrounds. Uh, type it on in and let me know. Um, Sam says the boy cat has the man flu at the moment, so it's pertinent in Sam's house. Oh no, leaving the boy cat to go to Thailand with the man flu. Oh, how does a cat have the? Flu? I don't know. I don't have cats. I can't speak flat. Cat. Um, while you're getting your questions in order, I want to tell you all about the immer- the intensives that I do have available at the moment. So, um, the two weeks ago, I had two of my past former clients. Spontaneously, one lives in Colorado, one lives in Singapore. Sending me an email saying, "Hey, Amy, can I have 90 minutes with you? Because I just want to get clear on where I'm going and what the rest of the year looks like, and what I need tidying up, and what my longer term plan is, and how I can you know, make some immediate changes." And this has been like, actually it was sort of over a two day period. They both emailed me and said, "Could they have 90 minute intensive?" I don't normally have a 90 minute intensive, but these two women are awesome, and I'm determined. <laughs> for their businesses to be fantastic. They've got great messages to share with people in the world and I'm kind of wedded to their success. So I said, sure, let's book it in. And I had both of those 90-minute uh, intensives and they were great. And we got, uh, you know, we got a bunch of stuff mapped out. Um, we got some immediate marketing steps done. We got some bigger picture projects mapped out. They're doing different things. Um, the two of them they have different areas of speciality. One wants to you know, fill a retreat, refine the classes, check over the website, uh, get writing for international yoga journals, um, you know, maybe teach some more one-to-ones. One wants to get teaching online, get known for a particular brand, continue to crush it with product placement on their Instagram. The different types of businesses, but the point is they've both got a certain level of confidence about what they're doing. Um, they've, they've got a sense of where they're going in the future, but they don't, didn't know the detail and they just wanted some clarity on immediate action steps. It was lots of fun, 90 minutes, they got what they needed, great. So I thought, this is, this is really, I had fun. And it was really beneficial for them. I got great feedback from them. So I thought, well, you know what, maybe there are other people in my community who could do with this. And so I think it was, when did I send you an email about this? Maybe Monday I sent out an email with an invitation to sign up for a 90-minute intensive with me so it's 90 minutes just you and me private intensive we do it with uh, zoom which means I record it for you so you have a recording of it as well as the notes that you take and we spend 90 minutes together getting clear on what is it that what are the next steps for you in your yoga business what are the longer term projections before you attend your intensive I will give you a send you a link to a really long not really long an extensive intake process so that you list out what are your goals what are your visions what is your how much money you're making now how much money do you want to make you give me your website your insta your facebook all of that so i can go take a look at it i spend about an hour looking at all of your stuff before we even meet and then we get on the phone together and you've got me for 90 minutes and that is i mean that is a powerful amount of time 
to get you the clarity that you're looking for in your yoga business. I've got, uh, I've sold some of them already. There's 12 available. Uh, there's still some left. If you want one, go check it out, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash intensive. I had one yesterday, another woman in the States um, th- that I was talking about earlier. You know, how do you get out of your five classes a week? How do you teach more online? She wanted to know, she, she has, she lives in a place where, Maybe similar to you, Susan, really similar, really transient population. What do you call it, Susan? The snowbirds? They're not, I guess they're snowbirds for her. But, you know, people are there for two months and they're gone. And they're back in six months for two months and then they're gone. How do you build continuity? We talked about that. How does she teach these people virtually? We talked, we reformed her pricing, looked at her website structure, um, looked at her, she's got some, uh, classes coming up she'll be offering on yoga international soon so we talked about how could she really capitalize on that she wants to launch an online program off the back of that so we mapped out the actual syllabus for that six-week training program uh, we looked at her instagram account and her branding and how she's bringing two disparate what she felt were disparate offerings into the one place and making it uh, coherent as a brand all of this in her intensive so if you're interested in getting those action steps mapped out for yourself for the rest of 2018 and then building a vision for what 2019 looks like, if you want me to look at your stuff personally um, and give you clarity on it, if you're interested in having me as your coach in an intensive 90-minute period, like I said, that's what we got done with that particular client yesterday. It's a powerful amount of time. It's all recorded, so we go fast but you have it down so that you can go back and re-listen and re-listen and re-listen. There are 10 of those places left if you'd like one. They're 500 Australian dollars. And let me tell you, I know it can feel like, what, 500 bucks for 90 minutes? Think about it. If you got all of that work done, how much is that actually worth as an investment in your business? Like it just, you know, it makes sense. Um, If you go implement everything that we uncover and map out and clarify in your 90 minutes, it's, I, I, um, I, per, I, look, I would feel devastated if you didn't feel that you'd got your investment back and then some and then some. So if you want one, go grab one of the 10 spots that are left. Um, we're only selling these through to the end of the week, so end of next week. So go get one if you want one, amymcdonald.com.au forward slash intensives. Anyone who's had private coaching with me who's on the call at the moment, they can tell you uh, it is um, it is worth it, right? I mean, Sam, Susan, uh, you've had private one-to-one coaching with me over different bits and pieces. Um, It makes sense, right? Uh, Sam says, I have worked a lot on uh, uh, owning the changes in my yoga business in the past and have fixed quite a few issues. Yes, Sam, my students now arrive on time, ask which props for a yin class or pass out props on arrival for a gentle hatha. Yeah, I love this stuff, Sam. So one of my students arrived. I got this student who, like, he's don't touch me. He's he's the don't touch me student, and um, love him, and I really love him too. So I have to stop myself from just be like, hey, like hand on the shoulder, kind of hey. No, he's a no touch guy. Um, and so which makes me a better teacher because I got to go stand in front of him and do the thing I want him to do in his body rather than take the easy way out. You know, we're doing. We, I taught a trick and us in a class peak pose yesterday. And, um, you know, he threw his arm the wrong way. Uh, you know, he had, he had like trikonasana arm when I was doing a, uh, Pajvakanasana, Ushita Pajvakanasana. 
And it would be so easy for him to just take his wrist and rotate his humerus and extend his arm across his ear. So easy, right? Makes you be a better teacher when you've got to be like, how do I tell this guy to do that um, without touching his body? Anyway, he's that guy. But he turns up last night. He's like, Amy, where's my mat? He likes to be in the back row, back row toughie, in a particular, in, like in the back corner. Amy, where's my mat? Why haven't you got it out for me? And I just laughed at him like, I ain't getting anyone's shit out of the props cupboard. That is not how I roll. I am not that yoga teacher. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it for everybody, but it's the way I do it. I get my stuff out so that when people rock up, they can see, okay, she's got a block, she's got a strap, she's got a bolster, that's what I need. But I ain't setting the room up. Like there are other, if that's what you do, yes, let it be part of your brand, own it. But like Sam says, if you're not that teacher, you don't have to. You can just have a process where people know to get their own stuff. Love it, Sam. Sam also says, yes, having an intensive is very much worth it. The one-to-one time is so powerful. Love you, Sam. Thank you. Uh, if you want to have your one-to-one time with me, it looks like this. Go to amymcdonald.com.au forward slash intensives. I have 10 90-minute intensives remaining. They're 500 bucks, folks. 500 Oz. Do you want to know what that is? Do you know that XE has updated their app? It looks fancy. Now, let me tell you. Uh, Loading. Oh, wow. Can someone hum some Enya while we figure that out? Sam, we're going to be in Thailand soon. Uh, It's 278 quid. It's 360 Oz. It's 310 euro. 545 in New Zealand. Whoa, sorry. Wow. And uh, it's 3,000 kroner for you, Gajinda. <laughs> anyway, you get my point. Uh, I, it is, you will get your money back if, if, only if, you do what we talk about in your intensive. They, uh, I've yet to have anyone who emails me and goes, you know what, that was a shit waste of time and money. <laughs> But if you feel like that, I would give you your money back because, man, that would be terrible. That would be the worst coaching ever from me. Okay, folks, that's it. Get yourself an intensive if you want one. amymcdonald.com.au forward slash intensive. If you are one of the people that is coming to Thailand with me for the Abundant Yoga Teacher Retreat starting on Wednesday, please remember to bring a strap and a block. This is the first time I've asked people to actually bring yoga props and your sticky mat. Uh, because I want to teach better. And for me, that looks like having more gear. Please bring a strap and a block um, so that I can teach you how I want to. Uh, Remember, you get to own the changes in your yoga business. It is your business, folks. You get to be the boss. In fact, that's what your people are paying you for. It's just like I wouldn't, I, I have no business in letting Jez do a Trikonasana arm in Pajva, Udhita Pajva Kanasana. I'm talking about light on yoga here. If you're, if you're, you know, I think Bikram yogis, do you, Bikramis, do you have like a, a, the same arm, arm along the ear in Trikonasana? Who teaches triangle? Which tradition teaches triangle pose with that arm parallel to the floor? I know it happens somewhere. Anyway, for me, they're different arms. I've got no business letting Jeremy have the wrong arm in Trikonasana. That equals Amy being a crappy teacher. Likewise, I've got no business um, indulging other behavior that doesn't work for me. It's my job to own the changes I'm making. If you know that something isn't right and you want to shift it, shift it, be clear about it, articulate it, own it. That's part of 
yoga. Thanks, everybody, for being live with me here. Uh, as always, it's been an absolute delight to uh, to share time with you all. I'm, I've got the best job in the world, honest to God. I've got the best job in the world. I went on a first date earlier in the week. Do I say this every time? Oh, dear. Anyway, oh, those people who binge listen to my podcast just have the insight into Amy's romantic life. Anyway, so I went on a first date with this dude uh, on Monday night. And he's sitting there, I'm talking about what I do for a living, and he's sitting there with this look on his face like like he's playing a guitar solo, you know, just, just like didn't get it at all, couldn't comprehend that you really, like that's actually a job? Yep, i got the best job in the world, I've got the best clients in the world, Dolores, Sam, Susan, who else are my clients sitting here on the phone? Oh, you're the best. People can't even believe it. So grateful to have you all here. All right, folks, <laughs> have a great rest of week. I'll see some of you in Thailand next week. Can I get a whoop whoop? Yoga is about boundaries and owning changes that include business as well as teaching asana, pranayama, meditation. You got this. Take care, folks. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>